Howdy, Graham. Hello, David. What happened to your voice? I was trying something new. Did it work? I don't know. I kind of like it. Can you do that the whole show? I don't know. All right. Let's find out. Hey, I got a joke for you. What is it? No, I can't do it the whole show. What is it? <laughs> you gave up quickly. Ugh. Okay. So, um, there are two cowboys, right? Right. They're stranded in the desert. Yeah. One cowboy sees a tree covered in bacon in the distance. Oh, Okay. And he, of course, as one does, he gets all excited and he runs towards the bacon tree. He maybe rides his horse. I don't yeah, know. Maybe yeah. he gallops. As he reaches the bacon tree, he gets shot to death. Okay. Turns out it wasn't a bacon tree. No, what was it? A hambush. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, wow. A hambush. This is good. I, this is really good. <laughs> I like the amount of time it took to tell. I like the outlandish scenario. I like the the pun. It's I, I'm going eight. Oh wow! I feel I feel so honored at this joke that I found on the internet. But now I'm going to bring it down a little bit because uh, oh, the other okay. day okay. something sad happened. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I had to fire the guy that I had hired uh, to mow my lawn. Your son? No, just some other guy. Oh, oh, okay. He just didn't cut it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna give you like a five and a half for that one take uh, because you know it's set up t to disappoint you, <laughs> and uh -huh. in the end, you chuckle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's better than a five point five. Fantastic. Better than a five. Better than a four. Three, two, or one. That's true. Better than it's in the majority. You know what? Enough of the nonsense. Let's get on with the nonsense. Welcome back to Withy Windle, a whimsical interactive show for kids who love stories, words, and groan-worthy jokes featuring your favorite authors and illustrators. It's part book club, part game show. It's your weekly adventure through the wild word... Close. It's your weekly adventure through the wild world of wordplay. Uh, you yes. know what? I got I to gotta write a couple times this season, so that seems... Okay. I'm David uh, Kern. I, I'm Graham Pittman, and it's okay. It, we're coming near the end of the season. It's true. It's, it's surprising true. that we're even still able to oh, wait, no. speak, walk, yeah. right. talk at all. So, right. No, right. good job. That's, that's a great point. You know what? I'm going to accept the small moments of average success. That's right. Minor victories, yeah, exactly. they call them. Um, exactly. So or at least not huge failures. One thing I want to address before we get into this episode. Okay. <laughs> we do have a guest... We this do. Time, we do have a guest. More questions for me? Uh, correct. Okay. Correct. We do have a guest. Is Our, it me? <laughs> no. Okay. Our guest in this episode is none other than the great Ben Hadke, who's returning. He was on earlier and in, in a previous season. He has a new book coming out pretty soon. And yes. he he uh, was willing to come back on and spend some time with us, which I know a yeah. lot of kids are going to be excited about because that's one of our most popular episodes. We talked to him almost exactly a year ago, which is pretty cool. Really? Yep. Seems like just 11 months ago, but it was a year. <laughs> <laughs> how, wait, how long have we been doing this show? Don't answer that. Uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, we, of course, will be talking to Ben Hatke at the end of the episode. We're going to do riddle time. That's what we always do. Before that, we're going to do lazy words. Lazy words and also oh story time. Story time. And and we mentioned snacks. And we didn't, you know, we didn't mention snacks, but... Now that you mention it. We're going to do some <laughs> snacks, yeah. Before that, though, we got to remind people about... S.D. Smith's new book. It's called Jack, Zulu, and the Waylander's Key, and it's an enchanting adventure in the tradition of Tolkien and Lewis, but also Spielberg and Lucas. 
It's a fantastical journey that launches in rural West Virginia in the 1980s with a half Appalachian, half African kid who is trying to escape the town he sees, defining his small, sad life. Hmm. Jack discovers a gate hiding a city between 12 realms and finds out where he truly belongs in a surprising and satisfying adventure. S.D. Smith wrote this book with his son, Josiah. So, you know, as we've said before, it's a family operation, which we, I think we both appreciate. This book is available right now for pre-order, and it comes out officially on November 15th. I think a lot of kids already have it. I think but so. But not everybody. And, uh, you know, you can, you can learn about this book. If you have not ordered this yet, mm-hmm. if you haven't spent time researching this book, if you haven't de- decided that you were going to spend, you know, just an inordinate amount of time being excited about this book, then you can head to jackzulu.com. That's J-A-C-K-Z-U-L-U.com. And sign up for his newsletter, too. Yeah, so... Um I keep texting Sam, I mean, S.T. Smith. Samuel Dennison Smitherton. Um, and I just, I keep asking him if he'll adopt me um, so that I could be his son and I can write the sequel with him. But he he's not responding to any of my texts at all. He 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 laughed the first time and now he's just, he stopped responding. He so thought you were joking. I'm going to start calling him and then maybe yeah, writing him letters. Letters, pigeons? Yeah. Um, certified mail. Certified. Certified mail. Can Court you... summons. <laughs> I don't know if I can write have those. to open that. If hey. you can figure out someone to get, you know, to actually deliver it. <laughs> You've been served. Um, you're going to serve in papers that insist that he write, that he write the sequel. Yeah, they're, not, they're, yeah, they're yeah. just different kind of papers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, it's jackzulu.com. This is a great book. You should check it out if you haven't gotten it already. And if you have gotten it, if you've gotten your copy, mm-hmm. side note, it's gotten a word. It's not a word. If you have received it, then we would love to hear about this. Yeah. Like go on, if you if you're on social media, your parents are on social media, maybe post about this book, tag SD Smith, tag Withy Wendell. Let the world know what you think of this book. And we we want to hear from you. Uh, you can also email us at podcast at goldberrybooks.com just because we like to hear from yeah. people. What David means is I want to hear how this book is. He already knows because he read the book. I haven't read the book. I need to know. So Graham, Graham not, he needs to know because I if he's going to write the sequel, he needs yeah. to know. He's uh, Zach life. Julu. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Julu, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, Graham. Yes. That brings us to uh, a tradition here on the show where we get unhealthy. It's called snack time. What you got this week? Okay, so I I didn't go crazy or anything. Um, I went for some old standbys, but okay. Uh, uh, In the last couple, uh, I don't remember, last episode, the episode before, Mm -hmm. we had talked a little bit about uh, Halloween candy. And I staked my claim. I, I, I planted my flag for a certain candy. It's a divisive candy. A lot of people do not like it. Okay. It is orange. They're shaped like peanuts. They kind of look like packing peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. They are circus peanuts. Right. Um, so I got some of those. And because... We've never... Have we never done circus peanuts on the show? I think we've talked about them a little bit. I don't know. I See, I never can tell if we're talking about things because we went to a movie together and we talked about candy or if it's because we did it on the podcast. <laughs> we a might crossover in our conversations. Well, people are going to hear again. So... Now, why is this bag open? Okay. So uh, I got lots of emails about people telling me my love for circus peanuts was misplaced. <laughs> they are said, gross, ew, blah. So I Gr- bought some, and on the way over, yeah, you can tell I opened them. And yep. guess what? They're delicious. <laughs> they are so good. Okay. I, I don't know what flavor they are. I don't know what texture they are. I don't know if they're considered actual food. 
Um, when you see, but honestly, I, top five candy. Oh, that's that's an incredible statement. Top ten, top top fifty candy for me. <laughs> top fifty, top a hundred. They're in the top a hundred for me. They're in the top one hundred candies. Okay, so they're so when good. You look at them. You, I, I, like you pull it apart, and I expect there to be. I think maybe it makes me think of creamsicles. So I expect there to be something white inside. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here I we go. I think they're made of clay. Now that I think about it. I don't know what that flavor is. Is it citrus? Is it bubblegum? Is it... Uh, See, what I don't understand is why you like these, but you don't like candy corn. No, not even in the same universe. All right. But basically... <laughs> I also got some Haribo... Same things. Some gummy Star Mix. Some Star Mix. And some gummy Sharks. So what is it with gummy? You like gummies. I like gummies. Um, but not everybody likes gummies. Not everybody gummies. likes gummies. Yeah, I'm but also... Make a lot of noise here okay. to open these. The gummy worm... Yeah. And the gummy bear. Yeah. They're made out of the exact same, like, machine, basically. The exact same ingredients. Just, just shaped differently, just a different right? mold, yeah. I don't think of them as the same, though. I'm like, I don't really want a gummy worm. I want a, I want gummy bears. Um, so you don't like gummy worms in, at all? I do, but not as much. So is it because there's more goodness? <laughs> Maybe I just want to eat more, mm. and the gummy bear gives me more flavor. Okay. Different flavors. Why do you think some people don't like gummy gummy candy? Uh, well, I, I don't know if they like part of their heart or soul is yeah, missing. A, yeah, I was, that's um, what I was getting at. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, no, I don't, I don't know. It's probably a texture thing or the flavors are really artificial. <laughs> so I bet, I bet a lot of people are like, uh, no, thank you. Just chocolate for me. Um, Which or, is a totally natural. <laughs> um, well, uh, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, we just never grew up, so I don't know. I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. answer these That's questions. Why, this is, well, this is like, why we host a podcast for kids. They seem like nonsense questions to me, so right. I don't know. It's like asking, why do foxes say what they say? Yeah, why do they? We need to get to the bottom of that. Anyway, so the uh, <laughs> kids out there, maybe some of you have never had a circus peanut, and, and you should run to the store. And, and and get a bag of these, and I'm, you will not be disappointed. You I'm, might be disappointed, but you, uh, you, you will be, you'll probably be disappointed. No matter what, you'll be intrigued. You'll be... There are yeah. genuinely confusing candy. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't know what the texture is. It's like... Clay? Rubbery, I think it's clay, clay rubber... Meal foam. Foam? Foamy. Foamy? It's like a... It's like a Nerf football. <gasps> it's Nerf candy. Nerf... It's, see, that just even took it up a notch. Yeah, I actually kind of like it better now. And now it's in the top 49. It's very easy. It almost melts in your mouth, sort of. It, Yeah, is it bubblegum? It doesn't... What the flavor is, is... It's not orange. It has nothing to do with orange. That's why I like it. It's just the color orange. It's going back to our lazy circus, word last it's week. It's circus flavor. You know what circus tastes like? Fun. And hay. <laughs> <laughs> and animals. And anyway, no... Um, clowns. Well, I'm assuming this is like they're big because the elephants would like them. It's not elephant flavor, I hope. But if it is, hmm, uh, I got a new food to try at well, some point. Okay, so last question about candy before we move on and take a break and then do lazy words. Do you tend to gravitate towards a specific color of candy? So like, yeah. it's gummy bears and... There's green and yellow and red and and gold and mm -hmm. and and blue and all and like yeah. it's like with M and M's too. The flavors are only part of the equation, right? What are the colors of the candy that you tend to gravitate towards, or maybe you either eat first or last because you love it the oh, most? Do you yeah. have a strategy for this? Um, I think I used 
two, and now it's just I just grab them. But um, as far as like the order, yeah, we're getting very deep into this. Um, Starburst, I, I love pink, mm-hmm. and then it goes red, and then the orange and the yellow. I, I go either. It doesn't. They're both the same to pink me. Pink is my favorite, and then yellow is my second favorite. Okay. Let's both agree orange is at the bottom then. No, we agreed. We just agreed. I agree with that. Skittles, I think purple and red. I think maybe the reds and the pinks and the purples are what I go for. With the gummy bears, do you do that thing where you like you have your handful and then you organize them by the color so all the yellows are near each other and all the reds? You don't do that? No. I do that and then I won't eat if I have like five there. I have to make sure that I have the same number of something. So if I've got two reds, a yellow, what are you talking about? Blue, I eat the reds if there's one of everything. You're talking about gummy math? No. This gummy is like balance, gummy charting. Man. Gummy balance. Gummy, the gummy balance of the gummy universe has right. to be perfect before you smash them all up in your teeth. I, well, I want to smash them up in, the, in a proper... I want, a pro- I want the red ones to feel... <laughs> I want them all to feel like they ha- they're being treated fairly <laughs> in how I, in how I just, just destroy them. Oh, dear. Okay. So, well, you know what? Let's take a break. Let's destroy some gummy bears, and we'll be back with Lazy Words in a minute. We are back with... I can't even hear you. What is that? Lazy words. Lazy words? It's called lazy words. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, Last week, we offered up orange as the laziest word of all. Or maybe (laughs) not a lazy word at all. Um, (laughs) It's a fine line between being the laziest and not lazy at all. And the kids, I assume the kids had great solutions for this problem, though. Right away off the bat, let me just say this. The Scales family, they said, alternatives to orange. We boycott this one. We think orange is not a lazy word. So they're on team not a lazy word. Okay. Okay. I appreciate them taking a stand, letting us know. Do you think they're going to stand outside of my studio here and, and with signs saying... But boycotting Withy Wendell. <laughs> I certainly hope not, and I certainly don't think so. Uh, James thinks it should be called Round Bumpy Zingy Zangy, <laughs> which is excellent. Thank you, James. Uh, Madeline thinks it should be called Sunset Circle or Florida Fruit. And Aubrey <laughs> thinks it should be called Juicy Globe. Uh, Stephanie thinks it should be called Sweet Sunburst. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the Nygards think that Grapefruit... grapefruit should be called the fruit we never eat. <laughs> hey, now. I don't know a lot of grapefruit eaters. I'll say that. Except, Where are the Nygards from? Except Isaac and Charlotte. Uh, they think grapefruit should be called big ball of delicious glory. Yeah, well, me so, too. I'm right there with you. I'm not there. Um, uh, Isaac we, and Charlotte. You like sour stuff. Not really. Yeah. Or you don't like sour stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the, the opposite of what you just yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. You're the other guy. <laughs> uh, Isaac and Charlotte also think orange should be called ball of delicious glory. <laughs> and grapefruit, big ball. Okay, so yeah. yeah, okay. I, 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 yeah. I like it. Sarah and Molly think it should be called white flower fancies. Oh. Uh, because they grow, oranges grow from white flowers. That's pretty cool. That is cool. I bet it's mm-hmm. a beautiful plant. And they added that flourish there with fancies. All right. Uh, thank you guys for sending those in. As always. let me tell you something though Uh oh this week there's a word (laughs) there Uh, is a word all right remember david um when we did the lazy word show like tv show yes 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 so you you had to stay home from school because you were sick so Mm -hmm. all right so imagine you're back you're there again you're seven years old 
you've woken up and, and you're not feeling well. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're like, okay, now I get to stay home again and maybe watch a show. Uh, but your mom comes in, she takes your temperature. You you don't have a fever. You're just a little sniffly. So she sends you to school anyway, because she says, nah, you just got a little cold, cold. Hmm. Hmm. Just a cold. Hmm. Okay. Let, let's let's hash this one out. Okay. Is it lazy or is it just strange? <laughs> okay, so I guess someone probably started calling it that because when you're you not feeling well, you're you get the chills. You get the chills, or you were out in the cold. I, I know maybe this is like this might have been debunked, but for a long time, everybody always said, "Don't go out in the cold; you'll catch a cold." So did it yeah, come from that? That's true. Yeah. Okay. I think. Because if it came from that, my goodness, that is lazy. It's true. And even if it's just like, I'm a little chilly, I got a cold, yeah, then... It came from one of these things. Yeah. And, and if it didn't, I don't want to hear about it. Right. Well, I think for the sake of this conversation, at least, it, qual it qualifies. <laughs> That's right. All right. So this m typically mild sickness, I've never heard of a serious cold, actually. Have you? It's usually like I mean, the I flu. guess if he turns, yeah, that becomes something else. Yeah, it's not the it's not the common and cold. And flu is is the word is influenza, which is not lazy at no, all. No, that's ambitious. It's like one of the best <laughs> words, honestly. <laughs> all right, not a great sickness. So the common cold. Great word. Um, we we need we need this renamed. Okay, cold is not good enough. Okay, or bad enough. Make it worse. <laughs> Nobody wants to catch whatever this thing is. <laughs> Make it sound so the bad freeze. that that, uh, that your parents will keep you home from school. Yeah, ex exactly, it. exactly. This is a good one. Okay, so if the kids want to participate in this process, how should they yes. do that, Graham? They will write us in at podcasts at goldberrybooks.com. And if you do that, you will be part of the uh, great community of Withy Window listeners who have uh, emailed and sent in questions and sent in pictures and sent in answers to the world's great problems, like lazy words. I, can, I think, you know, Graham, I think um, this is a good time to thank all the kids who have done that and all the kids who listen, because I think we've got some of the best podcast listeners there there are anywhere. I just, as we come to the end of the season, I thought I'd just drop that in oh, there. That's very, that's very sweet. But I disagree. No, I'm just kidding. I agree. How can you possibly disagree? This isn't as this isn't a divisive that would be, issue. That would, that would be funny if you were like, I disagree. They're like fourth. <laughs> no, in my heart, it goes, uh, you know, my family, uh, uh, Circus Peanuts, our, and then our podcast listeners, and then everything else in the world. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I'm like fifth then. I'm like Every, in the big group of five. Everything else. Yeah, in everything there. else. Okay. I'm in the big group down there. Okay. All right. Well, I accept that. Um, but you know what? I'm going to eat all the circus peanuts during the break. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute with story time. Okay. We are back. It is time for story time. It's time for story. And uh, Graham, you have you have this week's opportunity to share a story. What do you got? I do. Um, but before I do that, I'm just I'm a little um, saddened. No, oh. I'm a little upset oh, oh, I'm that sorry. you haven't mentioned my new haircut. I invented this new haircut, and I just feel like you should. You invented the haircut you have right now. Yeah, it's my my mullet and bowl cut combination. <laughs> 
that you've been looking at it. I've seen you look at it several times. Oh, the mobile, yeah. No, the mole. I'm trying to. You the have bullet. To, the bullet. It's either the bullet or the mole. <laughs> the I mole. can't. Well, you do look. I will say, I have a long thought. You looked a lot like a mole. So okay, we're going with mole. <laughs> the mole cut. All right. So what were we talking about? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> What just happened? I'm trying to patent my new hairstyle. Anyway. Oh, you're trying to make it popular? Yeah. Could you describe it further? Oh, yeah. So uh, we I I grew it out very long, shoulder length. Yeah. And then put a bowl on my head. <laughs> yeah. And then I cut the front part, the front three quarters of the front. <laughs> so that's how you got this haircut. this bowl shape. Is this but an, left the back. Is this, an, is this a fake ad for, for, for the mole? <laughs> well, I, I got to start the company first. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a company that tells you what a mole cut is. Because <laughs> anybody can go just do it. <laughs> I'm going to be rich. <laughs> uh, I mean, technically, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I guess you could... Still Say the same for thing like for scissors. like sports or something. Like yeah. it's all about whoever can do it the best. Yeah. So it's all true. right. Yeah, we could uh, have competitions. Mulk, okay, but also, cut. do you have a story? <laughs> this story is called "The Boy and the Violin." Uh, this is a Brazilian folktale. Oh, cool! And uh, this tale was brought to us by Elsie Spicer Eels. Okay. Cool. That's a good name. Once upon a time, there was mm. a man who had an only son. Okay. When the man died, hmm. the son was left all alone in the world. That's sad. We just went from mole cuts to, yeah, this is, yeah, anyway. Um, to loneliness, which if you, yeah, if well, you keep this haircut, you may be lonely too, so. <laughs> <laughs> there was not very much property. Just a cat and a dog and a small piece of land and hmm. a few orange trees. Oh. With their white flowers. Yes. The boy gave the dog away to a neighbor and sold the land and the orange trees. Every bit of money he obtained from the sale, guess what he did with it? He invested it in a company called Mole. No, but it does say right here, he invested <laughs> in a violin. Oh, okay. So he sold his oranges, he sold his land, gave away the dog, bought a violin. He had longed for a violin all his life, and now he wanted one more than ever. While his father had lived, he could tell his thoughts to his father, but now there was none to tell them to except the violin. This is a sad story. Mm -hmm. What his violin said back to him made the very sweetest music in the world. The boy went to hire out as a shepherd to care for the sheep of the king. But he was told that the king already had plenty of shepherds and he had no need of another. So the boy oh. took his violin, which he had brought with him, and hid himself in the deep forest. See, that's what happens Like when I get rejected for a job. I also take my instruments and just go hide in the forest. When all you really needed to do was cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> There he made sweet music with the violin. The shepherds who were nearby guarding the king's sheep heard the sweet strains, but they could not find out who was playing. Wait, did he already know how to play the violin then? <laughs> That's a good question. It usually takes years. Maybe he's been in the woods for a while. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. These, these, these tales can't, he, can't tell every detail. Maybe he knew he had a knack, mm. a natural talent. Yeah, yeah, maybe. maybe. All right, and is he camouflaged? They can't find him. 
I don't understand. Okay. Uh, the shepherds did not know who was playing. They couldn't find out. Mm. The sheep, too, heard the music. Do you think you're a better violinist, or is he? Well, we'll see. Okay. We'll All see. Right. All right. Uh, several of them left the flock and followed the sound of the music into the forest. Okay, so I've never been playing my violin and had sheep follow me. Fair. I think he might be better. Fair, although you maybe you didn't know it. True. <laughs> They're just at the window. Yeah, right. You were just really locked in on the music. Uh, several of them left the flock and followed the sound of the music into the forest. They followed it until they reached the boy and the cat and the violin. The shepherds were greatly disturbed when they found out how their sheep were straying into the forest. They went after them to bring them back, but they could find no trace of them. Sometimes it would seem that they were quite near to the place where the music came. But when they hurried in that direction, they could hear the strains of music coming from a distant point in the opposite direction. They were afraid of getting lost themselves, so they <laughs> gave up in despair. I would... Gotta I stick mean, to it, man. Strange musical forest. That's how, yeah, I would give up too. Oh, you would. You just yeah, run away. I would. I would very quickly. When the boy saw, <laughs> I'd just take a nap. When the boy saw how the sheep came to hear his music, he was very happy. His music was no longer the sad, sweet sound it had been when he was lonely. It became happier and happier, and after a while, it became so happy that the cat began to dance. When the mm. sheep saw the cat dancing, they began to dance too. <laughs> Soon, a company of monkeys passed that way and heard the sound of music. They began dancing immediately. They made such a chattering that they almost drowned the music. The boy threatened to stop playing if they could not be happy without being so noisy. <laughs> After that, the monkeys chattered less. <laughs> After a while, a tapir heard the jolly sound. Mm. Immediately, his three-toed hind feet and four-toed front feet began to dance. I did not know that about that creature. It's a very didactic tale here. <laughs> he, he just couldn't keep them from dancing, so he too joined the procession of the boy, the cat, the sheep, and the monkeys. Next, the armadillo heard the music. In spite of his heavy armor, he had Where to dance this too. Place? I guess Brazil. Then a herd of small deer joined the company. Then the anteater danced along with them. The wild cat and the tiger came too. The sheep and the deer were terribly frightened, but they kept dancing on just the same. The wow. tiger and the wild cat were so happy dancing that they never noticed them at all. The big snakes curled their huge bodies around the tree trunks and wished that they too had feet to wish they could dance. <laughs> the birds tried to dance, but they could not use their feet well enough. And they gave it up and kept flying. Each beast of the forest and jungles which had feet, which came to dance, all joined the happy procession. The jolly company wandered on and on until finally they came to the high wall which surrounds the land of the giants. The enormous giant, who stood on the wall as guard, laughed so hard that he almost fell off the wall. <laughs> he took them to the king at once. The king laughed so hard that he almost fell off his throne. His laugh shook the earth. Whoa, that's a big laugh. There's a giant who laughed, and then the king laughed, and the king's laugh shook the earth, not the giant's. Well, you know, you get a lot of power when you're a king. Must be the king of the giants, right? King of the jungle. <laughs> The earth had never before been shaken at the laugh of the king of the giants. Oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> though it had often heard his angry voice in the oh, thunder. Man. 
Yeah, oh, I bet. The people did not know what to make of this. Now it happened that the king of the land of the giants had a beautiful giantess daughter who never laughed. She remained sad all the time. The king had offered half his kingdom to the one who could make her laugh, and all the giants had done their very funniest tricks for her, but never once had they brought even a tiny little smile to her lovely face. If my daughter can keep from laughing when she sees this funny sight, I'll give up in despair and eat my hat, said the king of the land of the <laughs> Why giants. Why does everybody talk about eating their hats? <laughs> and he's, yeah, I wonder if there's something in there, like people actually do want to eat their hats. Yeah, yeah, right. They certainly talk about it enough. <clears throat> well, if your hat was made of like, Circus peanuts. Mm. As he saw the jolly little figure playing upon the violin and the assembly of the cat, the sheep, the monkeys, and everything else dancing to the happy music. If the giant king had known how to dance, he would have danced himself. But it was fortunate for the people of the earth that he did not know how. If he had, there's no knowing what might have happened to the earth. (laughs) As it was, he took the little band into his daughter's palace, where she sat surrounded by her servants. Her lovely face was as sad as sad could be. When she saw the funny sight, her expression changed. The happy smile, which the king of the land of the giants had always wanted to see, played about her beautiful lips. A happy laugh was heard for the first time in all her life. The king of the land of the giants was so happy that he grew a league in height. And no one knows how much he gained in weight. Have you ever been so happy that you gained uh, a league? Mm, no, height? I can confirm that has never happened to me. What I also a meter. I didn't. <laughs> what about a furlong? Yeah. A parsec? Just a yard. Oh, just a parsec. A... I uh, I was not aware that giants could grow uh, taller through happiness. Apparently, that's maybe they're also grouchy, so they don't. But maybe it's common knowledge, and I'm just not very smart. Yeah. You shall have half my kingdom, he said to the boy, just as I promised if anyone made my daughter laugh. Mm. Keeps his promises, even when he's... I mean, this could, A lot could, of these stories are about kings promising things. Outlandish things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boy from that time on reigned over half of the kingdom of giants as prince of the land. But he wasn't a giant, no. right? No. Man, that's, that's quite the rise. He never had the least bit of difficulty in preserving his authority. For the biggest giants would at once obey his slightest requests if he played on his violin to them. Mm. The beasts stayed in the land of the giants so long that they grew into giant beasts. But the boy <laughs> and his violin always remained just as they were when they entered the land. Wow. So speaking of violins, uh-huh. we were just at a wedding last weekend. And okay. My my Bethany's brother got married. My wife's brother got married. Yep. And when we were there, there was a violinist at the wedding. Was it your son? <clears throat> no, but he was, this was a professional violinist who Ooh. was an adult. He was like in his 50s probably. In Savannah. In Savannah, Georgia. And Must be good. he, Jeremiah got to play a duet with him on the violin. Really? During the wedding, yeah. Yeah. Was it impromptu? And I, yeah. Well, yeah, basically he had pocket. it and then they pulled out the Suzuki book and he's on book three or whatever yeah. and he played it. And so he played it and then the man, then the violinist uh, gave him a tip. Really? <laughs> and uh, gave, and then uh, they talked about violin and he complimented him and stuff. And, so, then, and who, who got so happy that they turned I into think, a giant? I think it was, I think Jeremiah got taller. He probably day. did get taller. Yeah. 
Yeah. At least a centimeter. He got half a league tall. And his heart grew three sizes. Right. That's right. Because he, you know, normally, he's a big grump. He's just a Grinch normally. That's, everybody <laughs> knows this about Jeremiah. Uh, and, and on that day, his, his ice cold heart was, was, was thought yes. all through the beautiful music. In Savannah. In Savannah. And as soon as you left the township, though. <laughs> Straight to Grinchland. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, By the time you hit Columbia, <laughs> and then we told them to play the violin again. So we just he we keep make we have him play the violin just because it mm. you know maintains happiness. Just kidding. Jeremiah is a very happy kid. Yeah. Uh, but that you know good. That was just a you know violin anecdote after yeah. your violin story. That's good. So. All right. Well, you know, Graham. This brings us to uh, our author, mm. and as we mentioned earlier, our author is Ben Hatkey. And Ben is a, a really interesting guy. He is a cartoonist and a children's book illustrator. And he is maybe best known for his graphic novels, Zeta the Space Girl and Mighty Jack. Uh, and then, of course, there's the Mighty Jack and Zeta crossover. He also has done some children's picture books like Julia's House for Lost Creatures and Nobody Likes a Goblin and Julia's House Moves On and Julia's House Goes Home and things like that. <laughs> Lots of stuff about Julia's House. His, we love his books. We love his illustrations. And we had a, such a great time talking to him a couple seasons ago that we were just like counting down the days until we could talk to him again. Yeah. And he has a new book coming out, which is called Reynard's Tale or Reynard's Tale. And uh, that book is available for pre-order now. And we talk about that a little bit in the, in the conversation. So definitely check that book out. Pre-order your copy now if you haven't done so already. And uh, Graham, what did you think of this interview? I just have two words. <laughs> uh, splendiferous and Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Ben Hadke. What's going on? Thanks for joining the show again. Hi, it's it's uh really nice to be back. We figured, you know, you've got a new book coming out this spring, which we'll talk mm -hmm. about in a little bit. The kids had more questions for you. So, you know, why not run it back again? We had a good time. Yeah, it was totally great. And I'm extremely happy to have another conversation. Okay. So last time you were here, you experienced the first question that we ask everybody. I don't know right. if you remember this. We ask Cheetos or Doritos. And what I'm That's curious right. about, you, what you said was you gave one answer. And your answer was, for most of your life, it was one of those. But recently, yeah. it's become the other. So yeah. I'm curious to know if you, you know, went back to the original or if you're still a changed man. So of Cheetos and Doritos, everybody <laughs> wants to know. Everybody wants to know, Ben. Which one are you currently most <laughs> I am going. I am going to do the worst possible thing. I'm going to hedge between the two and say <laughs> that I've been enjoying uh, uh, snack mixes lately. Oh, okay. uh, I've got I've got the a true artist. Of, yeah, I've got a can of uh, Trader Joe's spicy snack mix uh, right actually right over here, and it's nice. hard not to get into. But some of those snack mixes have both. Um, I mean, not brand names, but you know, cheese puffs and right. uh, co corn chips type right, snacks yeah. all in the same. So if I can have both, <laughs> I'll take there it. There you go. I like it. See, that is um, that's that's the that's the answer of a true artist. I feel like I really do. You think? Trying yeah. to have everything. <laughs> well, just try, you know, you got you to gotta try new things out. You got to try new yeah. flavors, you know, mixing colors together, mixing flavors together, you know? Right, right. And it's you might discover like, something yeah. rich. Well, we, yeah. right now it's just you and I here and sure. some of the kids might notice that. And it's because Graham has been delayed to our conversation by a storm and he is going to be here soon. Um, and we'll let the kids' imaginations 
uh, run with that one a little bit. But he, Graham is oh, he's, Graham he's is, hanging on and blowing sideways. Exactly, right now. he's hanging on to a metal pole. Yeah, and uh, waving like a flag in the wind. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to be here in a second. But we uh, have a lot of questions from the kids. Last time we had more than we could could get to, but then we also got a whole bunch more this time around when the kids found out that you were going to be on. Before we get to those questions, though. Then you have a new book coming out this spring, as I mentioned, and this might be a great time for you to kind of tell the kids what, what that book is all about because it's available for pre-order now. That's right, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So I have uh, the coming out this spring is Reynard's Tale, and it's uh, the story of a, a, a Reynard the Fox is is a is a, is actually a medieval character. Yeah, yeah. So there's the Reynard cycle, and he's he's a bit of a trickster. In fact, the legend has it that uh disney's robin hood began uh you know with its robin hood is a fox in that in that movie Uh, one of one of our family favorites one of my longtime favorite movies absolutely yeah and legend has it that that began life as an adaptation of the reynard stories uh really but reynard was too it was not good enough. He was he's too oh. amoral for to okay. to carry a, a children's movie. <laughs> so that you know it became Robin Hood. My Reynard is is a bit gentler than than the ones from one from the medieval stories. <laughs> Though I do there's a certain Reynard story that I like to read from you know, a translation from the medieval that I like to read um around a campfire sometime if um uh, but it's like it's like it's very violent but it's like Tom and Jerry violent. Oh yeah, yeah. in a way. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because Reynard is always like the the setup is always that the king is is trying to pull Reynard in to answer for his crimes. This is not my. I'm talking about the. This, yeah. You asked me about my book, and I'm, I'm talking yeah. about like history. No, this but, is great. This is great because <laughs> the families who are listening might want to seek out. You know, sure, sure, Reynard, sure. Yeah. And uh, but they send different animals after him to answer for his crimes. And one in one chapter, they send Bruin the bear after Reynard and um, Bruin comes and Reynard's like sniffing around this tree and he's got his head in this tree and he's like, I'll come, I'll come, but I'm, I'm so poor. I just eat the, I eat the worst food and I just want to have a little bite before I come. (laughs) And uh, the bear's like, what's the worst food? And he's like, Oh, honey, it's just, uh, it's poor per- it's poor food. And the bear's like, are you kidding me? There's honey in there and your uh, honey is the best food. And he's like, oh, well, I mean, if you want it, you can stick your head in this in, in here and get it. And it's a tree that's held, that's been split and is held open by a, uh, by a, uh, what do you call it? A wedge. <laughs> and of course the bear puts his head in the tree and Reynard kicks the wedge out and the tree closes on the bear mm. and he's howling. Argh! And it's so terrible because like in the book, he, 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 like the, the people from the nearby village come and they're like, Oh, there's a bear in this tree. And they start beating him. And then the bear is so upset that he's being beaten by these villagers that he pulls himself out of the tree and like takes all the, the skin off of his head and shoulders with him. So it's this, oh, it's just oh. horrifying. <laughs> Very medieval he, thing. Yeah. And then he runs away and they're like, and he runs back to the king and the king's like, what is this thing that's come back? Oh my gosh, it's the bear. How is he not dead? Um, so very, yeah, very medieval, very, very crazy. Uh, my Renard started as just as something uh, completely different, really. I was I was messing around with a world where where magic changes you. Hey! Graham made it. He's no longer f- the flag on the uh, flying in the wind like a flag on a, on a flagpole. 
Yeah. That's a, we were just discussing how the storm took you and you were hanging sideways. You were hanging sideways, like, yeah. well, you undersold it. My whole house like floated away. I had to <laughs> rebuild it. I had to rebuild my whole computer. That's why I'm five minutes late. Well, glad you made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for being patient. We're just talking about the medieval story of Reynard uh, Fox, uh, who uh, skinned a bear, I believe is what I took away from what Ben was just talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's a good takeaway. But then you're Reynard, um, Ben, you were saying. Well, he started in a different, sort of a different story world and was just sort of tangentially named Reynard because he was a fox. Uh, but then I brought in some of the other characters and I just ended up telling a a story that I, I sort of hadn't had hadn't intended to tell, and then it just sort of mapped it out, and it became became a thing. And so it's my first. Um, it's it feels like an experimental art project in a way. So um, so that's my that's my next book that's coming out in the spring. It's a it's a bit of an adult title, but and then in the fall in at Halloween time, my uh, a graphic novel is coming out called Things in the Basement, and that one is also I think today I just finished final edits on the title pages in the cover, so I think that one is one hundred percent in the can. Nice. Um, but Things in the Basement is. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm actually like the whole time I was making it, I was very uncertain about it, but, but now I, I, I'm quite proud of it. I think it's, I think it's going to be interesting. It's a little bit different than what I've done in the past, but I think so, it's neat. Graham, should we do some serious questions or like about art questions or should we ask questions about uh, juggling? Which one do you think we should do? <laughs> I, I don't know. Flip a coin. Okay. Let's do juggling. Ben, Gabe wants to know, uh, why did you learn to juggle knives? Why? Uh, uh, wow. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I was looking through the catalog and I thought, like, because I'd already been juggling uh, pins and balls, right? So I thought, oh, that that looks like fun, mm-hmm. and uh, right, and they're nice. They're they're a little heavier, and they're they're um, I mean, they're they're flashy. They're not sharp, uh, but they but if you drop them, they stick into the ground. So it's it's all it looks very exciting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that's, that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And then here's one from uh, Jessica. She says, I really enjoyed all the classic tales you represented in Nobody Likes a Goblin. So what medium do you typically use for your illustrations? If you use digital, do did slash do you ever use traditional? Um, and there's a lot of questions here, including about like, how do you get ideas for character design? But like, what's mm-hmm. the medium that you... These kids are very excited about getting to hear sure. from you again. So they're just piling questions up <laughs> in paragraphs. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, I um, It depends entirely on the book. Uh, and I don't know how I pick per book to book. I, I enjoy... My picture books are all um, watercolor. What I really, really like about making Notably Legs of Goblin and the, the Julia books were is that uh those illustrations have um no digital work done to them it's they're just they're made they're scanned that's what it is aside from you know placing the text in the illustration um they are what was on my desk they are pretty uh straight up representation of what was on my desk that's amazing um and it's really fun. And that's like, like those watercolor illustrations, you know, and they're a little larger than what's in the book. So there's just, they're probably reduced by 15%. But uh, that's a, the fun part of that process. Picture books can be really frustrating when you're, when you're writing them, when you're trying to get everything worked out. But the illustration process is time for like your loudest music <laughs> and your watercolor paints. And it's, it's, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, the, Graphic novels like Mighty Jack and Zeta the Space Girl, those are um, pen and ink on laser printer paper. 
just uh, so that if I mess up a page, it's like whoosh, start over, right? Like, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially for co- for comics, I'm a big fan of uh, materials that err on the cheaper side. For things in the basement, which I just turned in, I was like, I I want to do something different for this book. So that book is soft pencil. Um, looking for one of these pencils, what grade of pencil it is, but I can't seem to find one. But they're they're very soft, uh, dark pencils. They're like Prismacolor ebony pencils. I'm not sure of the hardness, but um, uh, that on Bristol board. So, and I think with a light, a little a light like ink wash over some of the pages. So, but those the, that it's a things in the basement is a is an underworld journey. So I really wanted to hit the like the the moody darks and lights mm. there. Um, yeah, yeah. And then my 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 good friend Zach Gialongo um, colored this book. So he layered all the colors over these pencils. And man, his work just brought a glow to the the pages. So it just huh. out look. It just turned out looking fantastic. That's awesome. Can't I can't Dude. wait for that. So Dude. so the materials depend on the book entirely. You know what I was just wondering or thinking about when um when things in the basement comes out, most of the people in the south where hmm. we live uh will be saying, What's a basement? <laughs> ah, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Although <laughs> if they listen to our podcast, they know about basements because we have a basement in our bookstore where the bookstore troll Gargalhauser lives. Oh, there it is. You're, you're yeah, halfway yeah. there. They, yeah. I no, mean, they know that's, about basements. That's the thing. That's we it. just don't have them. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so this one's really fun. Odetta wants to ask you if you could turn any novel into a graphic novel, what would you choose? Mm. Huh. Good question. I don't have a good answer for that. There's there's a book that I I love that I had thought about doing a lavishly illustrated edition of so that and that would be uh virginia wolf's orlando um i don't know if you're familiar with it it's a yeah. it's it's a crazy time travel-esque uh um gender bending um kind of swashbuckling odd book <laughs> and i yeah. and i read it and i just was like this doesn't happen very often where i read a book and i think like oh i want to draw that and it doesn't happen very often at all where I think I read a book and I want to make a graphic novel out of it. Because if I really like a book, chances are I feel like it works as the book and, do- and doesn't need. I'm not a fan of Disney's live action remakes of of their animated movies. <laughs> right. And I feel like when a when a movie, when a story really hits in the medium that it's in. And I know that there are some really beautiful, I mean, Hope Larson's uh, Wrinkle in Time beautiful adaptation i have nothing bad to say about it it just doesn't yeah, yeah nothing about it calls to me so so one question we've gotten for a couple authors that's worth asking here is this is uh, from audrey if so so let's think about it a little bit differently if you could wander so if you could book wander into any classic book think tom sawyer or the secret garden or whatever what classic book would you choose and why so you don't have to worry about drawing it you'd have to be in mm, it mm-hmm. you have to be in it oh gosh I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying really hard to think of something that's not The Hobbit, <laughs> because that seems like such a, an obvious answer, right? Like, but the, but oh maybe it's because it's the right answer. Maybe because it's the right answer. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Although you know. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna go with it. I I feel like that's Graham. I don't know what what would you say to this, Graham. I've never we've never answered this one. I. 
I, it, I, <laughs> I would also say The Hobbit. It yeah. just what a la- uh, the land that Tolkien created. First off, just just it can be and well maybe you know, Return of the King. I don't want to be in the Shire. Um, mm. In that, you in don't that. want to be in the Shire. Not not in Return of the King. Uh, oh, I see. You're saying. When they come I, I, no, I'm I'm yeah. specifically <laughs> thinking of the Hobbit. I'm not as much of a fan of the the Ring trilogy as I am of the Hobbit. The Hobbit is to me it lives in that age where like oh you know like. It's not the end of the world, but a, a wizard could still show up at your door and be like, "Let's have an adventure," right? You know? And then, yeah, you're, yeah. like, it's it, adventure or, or like he's looking for a burglar. It has a different tone, and, it does. And the tone of it is is one that I really, really like a lot. And it's very propulsive story too. Whereas one of the things that people do like about the Lord of the Rings is also maybe one of the things that some people don't like in that it can mm. be a little wandery and there's long conversations and there's a lot of detail and yeah. you can kind of get slowed down. Whereas in the Hobbit, you're, you're really, uh, you're really kind of, everything kind of moves forward to the next, that each chapter has an almost it's, it's new thing that they have to overcome. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, it also is infused with that. This world is passing away kind That's of true. feeling that, that I appreciate but you know, if you're asking which book I want to live in, it's uh, it's the book yeah. where it's like, hey, let's just go get some gold from this dragon. Like that, that's yeah. a, that's a cool. And then your your neighbors will always think you're a big weirdo. But that's cool. You're right. You're right. Uh, exactly. I exactly. guess the other one, the other one I'm thinking of is like um, one of my other favorite reads. Although it's it, it's a very it's a very it gets very complicated towards the end. Is the three, three Musketeers? Mm. Part there are, there are comedic parts in the middle of that book. And there's a scene in the middle where they're like, we need to talk about our secret plan, but they're in the middle of like a battle or like they're, they're in the middle of like a, a, a campaign. Right. And yeah. they're like, well, we'll go to this fort that is heavily sieged and we'll make a bet with these other guys that we can have breakfast in this fort that people are shooting at. Yeah. And the, and they're, everybody's like, you can't do that. So they all like run up and they like, but they're in the middle of a battle, but they somehow get these big picnic baskets full of like, like a really nice breakfast and like champagne and all this stuff <laughs> and like, and like tablecloths and everything. And they run up to this place and they have this big breakfast and they also like talk about their secret plan where nobody else can hear them because they're in the middle of this battle. And it's just like, there's a rollicking part in the middle. That's just like a lot of fun. I haven't read that um, book in a long time, but when I was a kid, one of my, one of my like earliest or most, at least most vivid reading memories is reading the, the, you know, those illustrated classics that they did. Yeah, they yeah. had a hardcover, and there'd be an image on most pages on one side, an illustration, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then the other side would be the text. And I vividly remember reading that when I was probably seven or eight or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple illustrations in that. Yeah. You know, the black and white sketches, very moody yeah. sketches that I remember from being a kid. Oh, the the Merry Adventures of Robin Hood would be a good one to live in. That one yeah. was like like this happy not ever real version of, of Merry Old England. It is very <laughs> like since it was written by Howard Pyle is like up in Pennsylvania. It's it's also got this like like really like this is an American's cartoon version of England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like funny. and and the Robin Hood in it is so great. He's like like one day he's just like he gets bored. So he, <laughs> like he keeps going on adventures because he's like it's pretty great in Sherlock like in Sherlock, Sherlock Sherwood, Sherwood Forest yeah. hanging out with my buddies but now I'm just gonna buy this butcher cart um from this guy this butcher and he, he like buys the whole butcher cart and he goes to town to set he, he's like now I'm a butcher I'm gonna sell all this meat <laughs> and he sells like he's like uh he's like like 
like fat corrupt priests don't get any like like charge triple for them and then like regular people he charges like a regular price and then like pretty, pretty girls he charges like nothing <laughs> and then like he sells out immediately and they're like who is this like like awesome butcher who came to town and just sold all his meat right away. And then the sheriff of Nottingham's like, I'm going to bite, invite the butcher's guild to this big banquet and find out who this, like this really good businessman is. And he's like, you should come to, to eat with me. And then he takes him to Sherwood forest and they like tie him up and steal all his money. And um, it's just great. <laughs> so anyway, oh, that's a man. good one. I, I, th- those are my picks. I don't know. I don't know where I want to live. All the story worlds. So, see, man, there's so many good questions here, Graham. I don't even know where to go next. I, uh, I think we. Have I don't to envy have, your job. We, we have to ask this one from the scales. They sign this the scales crew because okay. they are a, a crew, unit, a family unit. Um, they want, and this this question is impossible, but good luck. You know, okay. um, they want to know, Ben. Um, do you like sci-fi or fantasy better? Oh boy. Um, this is one of those things where like once you start looking for a line between those two things, you realize it's there's no clear line. It's it's fuzzy or the uh mm-hmm. the uh you know uh sufficiently exa- advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic kind of kind of thing. And but as far as flavors go, God, it's so hard. It's so hard. Um <laughs> because because I love the, the things I love the most about sci-fi though would be um the the more fantastical sci-fi. Right. Because there's like there's hard sci-fi and there's there's uh, I don't know what's what's the other kind of sci-fi soft loopy. I don't know because <laughs> I love like I love like Doctor Who, but that's that's pretty close to fantasy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love like I love uh, the stories of Larry Niven. Right. And that would be mm. I've never read Niven. like those are very it's, he's good. He, he's he's um, ring world. Uh, so yeah, yeah. The big one is, is where they, yeah. So, but, but there's one of his stories where like, there's just a guy and he's out. I'm not going to get the whole story. is like, he's out at night, a guy's out at night and everybody's partying because the moon is like super bright and everybody's like, this is awesome. Yay. And uh, he slowly realizes the reason the moon is super bright is because something has happened. A huge solar flare has happened and, mm. and his nighttime is just getting the reflection of this enormous solar flare. And in a few hours, the the like basically they're gonna like those winds are coming his way and they're gonna burn up. So um, it's just conceptually really interesting. And he wrote a a, a book called um, Tales from the Draco Tavern, which is um, first contact is made. There's one port of call for the the Earth, and it's up in Siberia. And this is and there's a, a bartender there, and it's like um, it's like the cantina, the Star Wars cantina. Uh, but but an earth barman is running something that's a little bit like the star wars cantina except it's all these really well thought out um non-terrestrial uh entities or or creatures or you know it's a thoroughfare and um all that to say that's all really good obviously a huge part of my heart is in fantasy so i'm going to edge to sci-fi because when i'm going to sleep (laughs) when i when i'm drifting off to sleep and i need to get myself to sleep i usually one of my dream places that i go to is uh a space station surrounding uh, that's orbiting a um gas giant and and you do bear you do very boring work there and then Mm. i but it but it's beautiful in my mind and then you fall asleep so i'm going to edge to sci-fi because that's that's your version of counting sheep 
Yeah, yeah. Doing totally boring is. space. Like rivets. You're like, you know, like you're fixing a ship. You're on this this thing. It's like I can see. I've got it all mapped out in my head. I know where everything is on this station. And there are other people living there. I don't really interact with them very much because I'm on the clock but riveting ben, the spaceship. Yeah, yeah. You, you do realize that you have an amazing financial opportunity here, right? Like every parent is mm. looking for picture books that they can read to their children at bedtime that will help them go to sleep. <laughs> Perfect. So I feel like this is Riveting a picture book spaceship. idea for yeah. it's, it takes place in space. And yeah. that's immediately appealing to all the kids, but yeah. you could do like, it could be it could something, come along with a, it's about ASMR video. <laughs> and there's like, boom, yeah. Boom, boom. And then maybe that's some like, comes with a noise some machine. Like deep size as you realize. Yeah. 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 And the door is like wrong Shh. pocket. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> oh, <sighs> That'd be awesome. Then every now and then, go to sleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's l- always looking oh over gosh. his shoulder because there's too many middle managers <laughs> on the space station that are always yeah. checking in on him. It's like this a is complete, a, beautifully yeah. illustrated, terribly boring book. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. Exactly. I exactly. love this idea of like an incredible, fantastic setting and the most mundane thing. It's it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, it gets me. It gets me every time. Totally does. I'm trying this. All right. Here's an awesome question from Gabe. I really like this. Um, it has to do with your process um, okay. and, and preferences about it. He asks, what is your favorite kind of panel to draw, i.e. Oh. close-up, action, silhouette, etc.? I think Gabe is an artist as well. Right. Can you That's have a-, a close-up silhouette during an action scene? Oh, mm. Ah, yeah, I would say, oh boy, it's probably pretty, it's probably the, um, it's probably the action scene mid shot. I I really love to show figures. I like figures and I like, um, like, uh, when I find myself talking to, to, to kids about the process and about like, sort of like, like things I think about quite a lot. One of them is gesture and body language. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Close-ups on a face, like for those those moments, pretty good. But if I can show emotion through a full figure, whether it's running, jumping, um, how they're standing, how they're walking, uh, that's something I I like quite a lot. So I'd say like m- m- like I, and I think in in film terms, right? Whether it's a yeah. like a, like an establishing shot or a close-up yeah, yeah. or whatever. So I think the the mid mid shot is about what I love. Okay, so here's another one that's sort of process-oriented. I think this also was from Gabe. He he asks, or he says, I noticed that all of your characters have really unique ways of talking. For example, the for example, the voices of the goblins versus the dragon are are uh, distinct. So, how do you decide what characters should speak like what? This is an interesting question in particular because it's not like he gets to hear. Right, he's picking up on this by reading and looking at the sure. illustrations and the panels yeah. and all that. So, um, but it's very I, conscious though. He's yeah. picking up what I'm putting down though. That's, yeah, that's yeah, neat. yeah. So, how do you decide that? Like, what's that process go? How, how does that process work? Oh, that's that's interesting. Um, a lot of times, characters. Uh, well, I mean, you're, you're trying to like you're trying to be storytelling on 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 every possible front, right? With with their body language with the the lighting with yeah. with your lines the, the 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 expression of your line work all of it um and then write down yeah to to a character's voice which you only have you know you only have how you're spelling words right and yeah. and how you're writing that and I, and it, it that's 
a lot of fun. One of the t- things I think about when I'm doing that is um, <laughs> I, I do think about like who, who's who's voicing this character, who's who's playing this character. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the Strong Strong's boss Topper in the Zeta books. He's this kind of like Dickensian, <laughs> like top hatted boss guy. I feel like um, is Bob Hoskins. He's an he, I think he's the actor I had in mind when I was thinking of of him uh but then like but one uh robot one in the zeta books that's my i don't think he'll ever listen to this my college roommate nick <laughs> his voice is a large part of how one speaks i'm just making a note Whatever. to myself yeah you're Contact gonna find it find nick. nick never give yeah. me his last name no he's he, i don't know if i've ever told him that but it's it's true and uh so i do uh a lot of times i'm not like I don't know, not always thinking names of who's playing them, but but I get a clear idea of, of their voice. And then I think, how do you write that way of talking as close as you can to how it is sounding in your head? All right, David, so, you said you're gonna you're gonna contact Nick? Yeah, I got Nick. Okay, uh, I'll hey, contact uh, Bob Hoskins. Okay, perfect. Graham, <laughs> let me ask one more and then why don't okay. we turn it over to your uh to your quiz? Because Graham oh, yes. then Graham's right. got a special quiz for you. <laughs> oh, and it's it's as always gonna be just just awful and difficult and, and you're gonna hate it. Uh, but first we got a good question for you. So this is from Caitlin. Uh, no, sorry. Actually, we got a question from Olivia, but I want to read this from Caitlin. She says, this isn't a question, but I thought Ben might appreciate knowing that we're naming our baby coming in the spring, coming in spring 2023. Uh, Zeta and my boys, who are oh. 8 and 10, had wanted a boy, but they're now completely oh. won over because they think we're naming her after Zeta the Space Girl. Now, I can't tell if Caitlin is saying we're not naming her after Zeta the Space Girl or if the, she's just letting, she's saying that her kids like the name now because of Zeta the Space Girl. But either way, I feel like this is a win for you. It's pretty grand- wonderful, yeah. No, more the more Zetas, the merrier. That's <laughs> that is fantastic. Very very cool. Okay, so here's the here's the question from Olivia. Okay, I, I was writing a book recently that had an Elven language. She says, mm-hmm. "Well, I lost the language script and had to spend a few days rewriting it, and it was not easy." So I was wondering if either if you ever lost a very important chapter or a diagram, and if so, how did you fix it, or did you? If you couldn't fix it, what did you do? So have you ever lost something important that you were working on and then had to resolve that problem? Uh, uh, oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Just a moment. He has to go take well, a quick can... nap because he's, well, he's, it's, it's he's hard upset. to think about. Yeah, this is a hard one. I think I've got something here to show, actually. Uh, this is uh, one of the illustrations uh, that I had uh, nearly finished for um, Julia's House Moves On. Oh yeah, uh, we had a a, a young oh. dog. Uh, one, um, we, I mean, we still have the dog. Your dog ate your homework. My dog ate that illustration uh, mm. and, and another one. Um, mm. And he doesn't usually go in my studio, but it was storming, and I was like, "I'm going to bring him in the house, but I'll put him in here a minute. I'll do one other thing." And then there was thunder, and he got anxious. And mm. then I was like running out to the studio, and I thought, "Oh wait, I had this feeling." And then I came in, and he had. Uh, he, oh, in his no. pulled that off and i was like oh no and so and to, that, teach so him, was, to teach him his lesson did you make him go to like art school and 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 oh i should have i should have had him illustrate the rest of the book yeah, for me yeah. that would have been awesome no but yeah. that book that book was an adventure start to finish oh here's the other one he got here it is Here's the other one. He's just oh, taking stuff up the off the floor. This one's worse. <laughs> well uh, yeah this there we go here's the other one that was uh, uh that's that a great, yeah, great so Ben's just showing us tattered this one. Remains. I think yeah. might have already been scanned. 
Okay. Like, this is the original. This is the one from the book. So this is a a drawing that I had scanned and is part of the book. It is the original illustration from the book, but it is, as you can see, mostly destroyed. Yeah, these are um, these are pictures that he's that are just like ripped at the corners and. Right. I'm going to tell you another story from this book. It's very, and it's just like all of this reflects very poorly on my um, uh, process. <laughs> I suppose. But on that book also, we were um, we were going back to Italy uh, to stay with my, so my, my wife's grandmother's house is still over there. And so we periodically go over in the summers and work on the house and stay for some months. Well, that's and, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's it's an interesting part of of my life. But uh, half of our crew had gone over already, so I was traveling over with um, my two middle girls, uh, and I had also I was in the middle of that book and had everything with me, and I had the illustrations in a cardboard sleeve that I'd made, uh, you know, with my address on it, all this stuff, and we'd gone through the international flight, and it was just me and the girls, and I was like, cool. When the last leg of the flight, we're in Germany, we did it. Oh, that's when I fell asleep in the in the in the airport. And then mm. it was like calling for the gang on the plane. So we all got on the plane. And oh. the moment I got on, I got everything on, bags up, everything out. And I was like, <gasps> the pictures, they're still under the chair in the in the um the waiting area. Oh no. And then I was like, I I like I asked the 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 flight attendants, and I was like, can I get off? And I, no, we're closing the doors now. And my one daughter just started crying because she like could tell that I was very stressed out. Like I, I was trying to like play it cool, but she just like burst into tears. And I was like, I'm like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. And in my head, like, it's not fine. That was like half a book's worth of illustrations. Ugh. And um, anyway, short, long story short, they, they found them. They contacted, by the time we let, but whole flight, I didn't know. And then when we got down, they contacted me like we found them. Will UPS them to you, and uh, oh, it was crazy. a whole thing. It, it was a whole oh. thing. And then wow. I will tell you the the end of the story was that um, UPS didn't want to drive up the mountain to to deliver the package to me. So fine, I'll go down twenty minutes down the mountain to Palm Tremoli. Can you meet at this corner? Sure, I can meet at this corner. And then um, so I'm waiting at the corner. And I'm like, I gotta get these illustrations back. I don't. I've never gotten a UPS delivery in Italy. What's gonna happen? And then these two guys. So at the corner, there's like this little like cafe bar, and these two guys from the village who I really don't know were like, Ben, come have a drink with us. <laughs> and I'm like, No, guy, like in Italian. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm waiting for this package in like my broken Italian. I really don't like. I have to. And they're like, No, no, come on, come on, we'll buy you this. Thing. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> So like having like a Aperol spritz or something with these two guys. But then what came rolling up to the corner was an actual like brown UPS truck, just like everywhere. Got off and gave me my illustration. So it all turned out okay. The end. So yeah, it's... Again, I feel like there's there's uh, another picture book that you could just tell of that story. Yeah, I don't think that one help you go to sleep. But um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if you're but, feeling too calm at some point, yeah. you're like, I, I like the calm rest. space station picture book idea. Though. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, true. That's, that's true. Okay, Graham, it is time for our quiz. The uh, the weekly time when Graham tries to uh, frustrate and annoy uh, guests. I mean, uh, we'll see what we can do. You know, yeah, I will achieve both of those things. I guarantee it. All right, Ben so, has uh, kids and has traveled with them, so he's probably immune to the to the frustrations <laughs> of your. Your questions. I keep it. That's prob- probably true. So, uh, okay. So, Ben, last, mm. you, you were on 
I think a year ago, just like really? almost okay. exactly. Wow. Um, and we gave you a quiz and I remember it had to do with robots. Um, so I, I, I specifically was like, no more robot, no robot quiz. We're going to, we're going to look to the future. We're going to look to this book you're putting out, uh, coming up soon. Uh, okay. Reynard's tale. Okay. So I was going to find, a, uh, you know, as many questions about people named Reynard as I could. Very okay. difficult. Very okay. difficult. Yeah. That's, um, uh, oh, he gave boy, up at one. Rough. So we are going for Fox facts. Fox facts. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I feel like he's going to be good display at this. My, uh, I will display my ignorance about foxes. Here we go. Hey, Graham, did you know that uh, the Fox Robin Hood was actually originally going to be a Reynard adaptation, but then he was not good enough, so then they switched it to Robin Hood? Anyway, if you'd been oh. here at the beginning and not flying in the wind, you would have heard Ben say that. <laughs> well, uh, okay, uh, there might be a little twist to this quiz. Um, well, let's just do it. You'll see. Okay. All right, question one. Fantastic, Mr. Fox. Okay. Uh, we all know the Roll Doll. Uh, the beloved Roald Dahl no- novel uh, mm-hmm. or story, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, this question is about the Wes Anderson stop motion classic. Yes, I'm already calling it a classic. Fantastic. Uh, that features indelible scenes and hilarious moments. The restlessness and discomfort of Mr. Fox leads him into a life of crime, putting his family and friends in harm's way, all because he could not stop stealing one of these things. What is it? Is it A, eggs? B, turkey, C, pies, or D, squab? It's eggs, right? For some reason, I want to say pies, but I think it's supposed to be eggs. Hmm. I'm going to say pies. I'm going with pie. That is incorrect. It's eggs, isn't it? No, your gut was also wrong. Oh! Uh, Your mind and your gut working against each other. Uh, It is squab. Oh, okay. Which is kind of like a pigeon. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, that I did not know. Okay, here's here's another. I don't one. remember that either. <laughs> well, it's because it's a very uh, idiosyncratic uh, thing. That's why you don't know. Uh, okay, so question number two: Fox Mulder. All yes, right. from X Files, the, the fictional but... FBI agent and one of two protagonists of the science the fiction fictional? supernatural television series, The X Files, which the kids who listen to this podcast have probably not ever seen. He wants to believe. Uh, okay, so if you could join Fox Mulder in one episode of The X-Files, just based on the title, which of these would you choose? <laughs> Option A, small potatoes. Option B, the lost art of forehead sweat. Option C, brand X. Or option D, how the ghosts stole Christmas. Go. Wow. Can I have those options? Uh, small potatoes is what I'm going to go yep. with. Small potato. Okay, explain. Uh, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, how the ghost stole Christmas is an episode I have not seen, and now I'm going to put that on my list um, to watch. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm going with small potatoes because I, I am imagining that that is uh, them running after that, that. That's one of the uh, lighter episodes where they're going after um, smaller cases an array of smaller otter cases. And so I feel like I would get a little bit of a, a, uh, a little bit of a uh, variety pack. I like that. Of, uh, okay. Of X-Files stuff in that episode. You've persuaded me. I think okay. that is the correct answer. The only one I know is absolutely wrong is the forehead sweat one. I'm glad you didn't pick it. Yeah. 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 No, I, I know that episode and, and um, it's good. But I wouldn't want to live in, I would go along for it. 
All right. I love Francis. that he, know, he knew he knew X File episodes just based on the titles. Yeah. I, well, my my editor is an enormous X Files fan. Okay. And and I did not. I I remember the X Files being on and was not. I was like I was like watching Lois and Clark, the New yeah, Adventures right. of Superman at that time. But but she loved the X Files and she for a while had like a blog. There was a there was a blog or podcast called the X Files Files. Mm-hmm where they would review all of these. And she had either, she had a blog called the X-Files Files Files, uh, where she would review episodes of the X-Files Files. <laughs> and then I was always talking about doing a, a small comic strip called the X-Files Files Files Files, which would be reviewing her blog of the <laughs> podcast of the episodes. And then she started giving me a, a must-watch list of X-Files, and then that was, that was that. The end. That's excellent. <laughs> I still should make the X Files files files. I, I files. can't tell you how up, how in line all of this is with Graham and my sense of humor. <laughs> that you could not be saying things that are more in line with what we think is yeah, funny. Yeah, where yeah, you I'm, put like I, a ton of work into just like like a basic gag. Yeah, <laughs> know, exactly. And it goes way it goes on way too long. Graham this and is, I have gags that we've been doing for seventeen years, and they're just like uh, things we saw on the side of the road. You know. Yeah. All right, Graham. Next question. Speaking but of, what is, but what is the deal with the semis? Speaking, speaking of uh, hilarious things. Um, all right, uh, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> X Fox question. Michael J. Fox. Oh, okay, good. In the nineteen eighty nine film Back to the Future Two, directed by Robert Zemeckis, Marty McFly, portrayed by Michael J. Fox, uh, has to stop his bully slash nemesis who has turned 1985 into a chaotic dystopia. Uh, This nemesis has one of the best names of the 1980s and maybe of all time. Is Marty McFly's nemesis A, Buzz McAllister, B, Biff Tannen, C, Butch Schwartzman, or D, Blanche? From the Golden Girls. Biff Tannen. Oh, oh come on. Correct. I love that movie. That is correct. I thought the Buzz McAllister might... So, I, Buzz I, McAllister, I that's from Home Alone. I know. Is, is it? Okay. Oh, I didn't that's know that. That's his older brother. Oh, okay. That's cool. Kevin McAllister's ding, older brother, Buzz. Ding, ding, ding. Good job. Yeah, Biff Tannen. It is a if good name. Was, if there was ever a nemesis name... That's got to be like the platonic ideal. It's, yeah, I love Biff. <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna do some history. Okay. Francis Marion was a military officer in the America in the American Revolutionary War, uh, fighting on the Continental side against the British in South Carolina. He was given the name the Swamp Fox by the British general Sir Banastre Tarleton. For this reason, A, his cunning and wily nature and inability to get caught. Uh, B, he would often go into battle uh, in full fox mascot costume to confuse the enemy. Uh, C, his swampy odor and red hair. Uh, Or D, he literally had a tail. (laughs) It's A, his wily nature. Ah, oh, fine. Yes. Or E, his love of squab. Uh, and that, that is correct. Um, I had uh, the the reason I put 
this question in there and and those other answers. Uh, I've been trying to start rumors about Francis Marion, and I just wondered if any of them had gotten to you yet. Oh, you know, okay, had, okay, like, okay. Kale or I, I, yeah, I, the odor thing maybe. Yeah. Might, that might, I might have heard things about that. So you haven't right, heard that he had a tail? No, not yet. Graham, you're going to have to work a little harder. I'm going to try. I'll start more Facebook groups. Okay, so uh, last question. <laughs> uh, this one, good luck. When my kids were little and played with their animal toys, the fox named Freddy was always put in a different location than the rest of the animals because of his predilection to cause mischief. Um but what kind of particular mischief would Freddy get into in our imaginary games that made him get quarantined? Uh, did he, A, always yank the other animals' tails, B, talk incessantly about the screenplay he intended to write but hadn't started yet, uh, C, was he too agreeable, which was disconcerting, or D, the old fox and sheep clothing trick he'd done it one too many times? Mm, all of those are good answers. But I'm gonna have to go with A. I did it, right? Did I do it? Yes, ah, you got it. That was our thing. He would come around and yank the animals' tails. How, I don't know how you know this. <laughs> well, I was out. there. You're not uh, supposed to get this one, to, right? I was trying to remember. This I, is this is when you have no idea about. Okay, fine. But Good which job. animal you was win. it? That, but which animal was it that you guys had that was all about the screenplays? Oh, that's the gnome in our garden. Oh, the garden gnome that writes that's the screenplay. That's our garden that's gnome right. that won't let me get to the rhubarb until he tells me about a screenplay. It's a whole thing. It's right. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. talk He's about writing it. like a. He's writing like a. His, uh, it's a historical like oh, like a like a yeah. it's like a Victorian era. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, so yeah. Ben Ben tripped on the first question and then ran the table. Woo! Every single one right. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Man. Okay. It's serviceable. It's it's fine. I tried. I tried to make them as hard as possible and he passed. So great work, I suppose. Yeah, I think Ben just kind of gets this podcast in some ways. You know, just like (laughs) here for it. Well, Ben, we we kind of are out of time for being honest, because you know, time flies when you're having fun, and this has been a really good time. But I do have one one last question for you here. Um, we ask a lot of people who who come on like for advice for young writers or for young illustrators, you know, things like that. So I want to take that question and I want to kind of spin it a little bit. Hmm. What advice do you have for someone who might want to learn to draw, but has never really done that before? It could be an adult or it could be a kid. A lot of times the questions are geared, this question is, you know, is geared towards kids who are already writing or already drawing. But, Hmm. But what about someone who thinks I'd like to, add that to my repertoire. I'd like to 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 draw, but I've never really done it before and it's kind of intimidating and I don't have all the supplies and I don't even know where to start and I'm not sure I'm not sure what to do, but it seems cool. And they just kind of want to do it for themselves. They're not looking at trying to make a career out of it, but they just want to add it to their to their personal repertoire. What would you say to someone like that? And again, it could be, I don't know, me or it could be a 10-year-old. Wow, that's a good one. I would say don't don't get a fancy sketchbook. Uh, don't get fancy pens. Just get um, a regular. Uh, get an iPad. <laughs> mm, I I would say like I like to get these little regular uh, um, recycled paper sketchbooks where you feel like you can just pull a page out and not yeah, have to yeah, worry yeah. about it too much. Yeah, and yeah. pencils. And uh, go and look at the world around you and keep moving your pencil as you do it because I believe that at its very root, uh, drawing. Like introductory level drawing is is just 
there's a reason we find it on cave walls uh, because I think it's like it's like a natural idea. It's a natural thing to do. So I, I think introductory level drawing is a little bit like uh, throwing a a ball or something like that. Like um, the, the the basic mechanic of it, you can you can get just by picking up the ball and and just doing it a few times, mm. right? Uh, so I, I do like the idea of just like um, picking up your your basic sketchbook, your pencil, and just looking at the cat looking at what you're looking at and just putting lines down and not worrying about whether it's good. Mm. That's, that's my, that's my, that's my very, very introductory uh, thing I would say to do first. Mm. And then there's a lot of stuff after that. Yeah. What's the next step? Enjoy yourself. It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Then you just do it again. Yeah. Uh, I think when it's bad, don't quit. Yeah. 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 Keep going. Oh man. All right, Ben, thanks so much. This has been a blast. And you know, you said you have a book coming out next fall. Yeah. Which that kind of just tells me that next fall we should have you on again. Oh, we should totally talk in the fall. Yeah. We should talk Basement about spooky quiz in the fall. There we go. Basement quiz, yeah. spooky quiz. Because this is going to, uh, we're going to do a, a Halloween extravaganza, extravaganza for that book. And I'm amazing. And, and it's got a lot of spooky themes. So we should definitely talk. All right. Well, until next year. All right. (laughs) Thanks so much. We'll see you then. All right. All right. Well, that was Ben Hatkey. Thanks so much to him for for coming on the podcast and uh, bringing us that Splendor Frisky Whoa podcast. I forgot to ask him, just like last time, whether the hat key is a key shaped like a hat or if it's the key that goes into the, the hat to unlock the hat. Maybe we should go I'm back so into the interview and add that after the fact. No, he ran away so fast. That's true. That's true. Mm. Well, you know, there's always next time. All right. All right. Well, that brings us to Riddle Time. It's the final segment. And actually, I have some sad news for you, Graham. Yes. It's the, the last riddle of the season. Mm. Because we can't have... We've got more. We've got, an, we've got another... Thanksgiving. It, we have a Thanksgiving one that we're going to do. We'll tell people mini-so- about that. Minisode? Yeah, a little mini-so- mini question. Episode. Question, a mini pol- a mini p- question palooza. Question for five fours of minis. <laughs> we'll figure out what to call it later. Uh, but we're going to do a little Thanksgiving themed episode and then we're going to take a little break for, for Thanksgiving and then we're going to have one more interview with a special guest that we will share with you later. It's it's uh, it's embargoed. Yeah, some of, some people know him. Yeah, some people some do. Some people but. know him. Uh, should we tell, just tell everyone? Can we? I think we, we I, I guess we can say who's coming on. Can we? I think. Okay. So we are going to have Andrew Peterson, author of the Wing Feather Saga. He's coming totally. back on, but he is coming on with the producer of the new animated series of the Wing Feather book. So there's a, there's a TV series you can watch online. It's, a, it's an animated series and it, it launches on December 2nd. And so the week of that coming out, we are going to share a conversation with Andrew Peterson yeah. and Chris Lowe, who is the... Um, One of the producers. The producer, yeah, yeah so. I think our interview goes up on December 5th. That's right, yeah. So yeah. You'll, you'll probably have seen the first episode. Um, but lots of you wrote in questions about that show. Yeah. How it was made and the decisions that go yep. into it. And, yep. Yeah, it's fantastic. Some great questions. But that's going to be the end of the season. So normally we do the question palooza after the last interview, but this time we're, we're because of the holiday, we wanted to do a holiday Thanksgiving themed question palooza. So we're going to do that. It's going to be 10 questions on Thanksgiving. So send in your questions to podcast at goldberrybooks.com yeah. and we will choose 10 of those to answer. They have to be Thanksgiving themed. 
Like, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Things or like that. what's your favorite funny sweater? No, wait, that's the wrong holiday. You could have a funny Thanksgiving sweater, I suppose. What's your favorite? Or like, which of your friends has the best turkey gobble? Oh, uh, or like, which of your uncles is the weirdest? Yeah, that's, that's the scheduling that you're going to have over the next couple of weeks. But that brings us to the riddle. So last week's riddle involved coconut trees and animals climbing to the top to, top to get bananas and mm-hmm. things like that. The answer to last week's riddle was, of course, Graham. It was me? <laughs> I was the answer? It was... I got the banana? Wow. The answer was, Finally. of course... Comma. That there are no bananas in coconut trees. Oh, uh, no one got the banana? No, because there's no bananas in a coconut tree. Why were they looking for it? I think they got some bad information mm. at the start of this I mean, they race. are monkeys. Well, one was a monkey, so, one was a... Uh, that's uh, true. That's something, true. and something else was the other thing. That's true. And all those other things were confused and tried to get a banana out of a well, coconut tree. You or at least the riddle was tricking. You didn't trick fool many people. I didn't so. think that I would. So. No, they got it. Okay, so this is the next riddle. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, so imagine Gary. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, he is going home for Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. He like on a in a carriage. Well, on a plane, train, and an auto, and, a, and an automobile. Oh, of course. A long journey. Yeah, it's a long journey. But when he finally gets home after after many pit stops and uh, problems along the way, mm-hmm. he gets home. Hey, is this Gary Sinise? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 Gary Bob Gary. Okay. Um, I just want to know Gary who Bob I'm Gary. Yeah, Gary Bob Gary. And okay. uh, he arrives back at the uh, Bob Gary house, and uh, his cousin uh, Zoe is there. Okay. Glenn, okay. not Glenn Gary. Bob Gary. <laughs> Bob, Gary Bob Gary goes to Zoe's. You know, he goes home, and, and his cousin Zoe is there. Oh, I see. No. So he gets, he gets there, and at the Bob Gary house is his cousin's wife. And his cousin's okay. wife is named Zoe, okay? And they're all gathered around the table. Okay. And they're, they're sharing... They're trying to get to know each other, right? So they're trying to get to know to to get to, to like where do people come from? What city do you come from? All those sorts of things. And Zoe starts telling about her life and how she has a very big family. Mm. And she she explains this. She tells Gary Bob Gary and all the, all the Bob Garys uh, <laughs> <laughs> that she has uh, twenty aunts, twenty uncles, and. 50 cousins, 20 aunts, 20 uncles, and 50 cousins. And she's explaining how what? her own Thanksgivings are just a madhouse. No wonder she a went to the A lot more Bob uncivilized Gary's. than the Bob Garys, right. Uh, and she also tells him that each of her cousins has an aunt who is not Zoe's aunt. It's just a whole mess. So she has 20 aunts, 20 uncles, and 50 cousins, and each of her cousins has an aunt who is not Zoe's aunt. And Gary Bob Gary naturally is thinking to himself... How is this possible? And he needs your help figuring out how this is possible. How is it possible that Zoe and her in her very big family has 20 aunts, 20 uncles, and 50 cousins, and how each of her cousins has an aunt who is not Zoe's aunt? And we need you to help. So here's how you can help 
you can, when you think you know the answer for Gary Bob Gary and the whole Bob Gary clan, you can send that to Graham. Podcasts at Glick Gary Bob Gary. No, don't confuse them. Although we Gary. should now create GaryBobGary.com. Gary.Bob.Gary slash Glenn Gary. No, just email us at podcast at goldberrybooks.com uh, with a picture of Gary Bob Gary, <laughs> but also with the correct answer to this riddle. And if you get the correct answer, then you will be entered into uh, a basket full of all the names of people who got right answers this season for the riddle, out of which will be drawn a winner of a book bundle. Is that right, Graham? Did I say that correctly? That is correct. And if you're lucky... You, we won't draw Gary Bob Gary from the from the basket. It'd be weird if we drew a character who was in the riddle yeah. from the riddle basket, because then that would mean that he stepped out of the riddle and sent in an answer I to would, the riddle. I would just want to know where he wants it mailed. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be very curious. Well, presumably wherever he, wherever the Bob Garys live, and he went to for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Although maybe to Zoe's. Anyway, so podcast at goldberrybooks.com. Graham? Yes. That brings us to the end of another episode. Episode? Of with I Windle. With I Windle, episode the eighth. The eighth. Fourth point eight. Fourth point eighth is now done. Don't forget to send in your questions at podcast at goldberrybooks.com for our Thanksgiving themed question palooza, which will be next week. And then uh, we're going to have a break. Don't forget that. Oh. And then we're going to bring you our special episode. Also, yes. go leave us a five-star review. Um, because anyway. it's not possible to leave a sixth. You can't leave the sixth. Or the seventh. Um, you could leave us a four, three, two, or one. But why not a five? You know, it's just a better number. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm only bringing this up because I checked on our Apple, or whatever it's called. Apple. Apple, yeah, podcast, Apple podcast. Yeah. We are at... Uh, 148 reviews. Well, we got to get to 150. Got to get to 150. Yeah, we need we need at least 150 reviews. Just for our own benefit. Right. But it also helps out the show. Greatly. It does a lot. It helps people hear also, about it. something we mentioned a couple weeks ago that we should just bring up again, because we got a few submissions and a few questions. We are running currently a contest. Um, we want stories we want your stories we want to see stories you've written coming into our email inbox and we will be reviewing your stories that you send us and next season we are going to pick a winner pick one of those stories and we are going to read it on with you window we already got our story time yeah we've already got maybe mm, a dozen nice yeah but i want to see 50 i want to read i want to read as many stories as possible so podcast at goldberrybooks.com and uh, Gary, Bob, Gary, if you're out there, send us a story. All right, Graham. I think that's about it, right? Now we're really at the end. Now we're really at the end. All right. Well, this has been fun. For Graham Pittman, I'm David Kern. Until next time, happy reading. Goodbye. Goodbye.